This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, we're going to sit down and do our PFF night. Uh, we'll mix it up here a little bit because, uh, look, it's obviously wasn't pretty last night by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe John will be able to find a glimmer of hope somewhere, uh, but we'll sneak in a couple of things here, uh, you know. First things first, John, I, I do want to extend my handshake and make sure everybody understands that we've gone the gentleman route, guys, before this podcast. I don't want anything to come back later to say that we at least didn't start this like gentlemen. Um, from PFF, obviously, John Costco, as the local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns, for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. John, um, you know, I mean, there's a million ways you can go with this. Um, butt kicked by the Bay, Monday Night Massacre. Uh, lapped in Levi. Uh, look, just not a good, just not a good night in any way whatsoever. Um, you know, we knew this was going to be a tough, tough stretch of games here. Um, obviously, we were just, you know, you were hoping at least for at least a better game, a tougher outcome. San Francisco's pretty good. They're a pretty good uh, physical team. They run the ball well. That defensive line is, by God, disgusting. But uh, you know offensively did we get anything john anything yeah so uh last week you know i i think to me the 49ers i was kind of like an unsure thing about them like they had graded extremely well it had been three games and obviously against teams with that haven't played very well this year um and i think they showed last night that they were legit and they just took the browns to the woodshed um, things could have been a little bit different had Antonio Callaway not dropped that touchdown pass. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, obviously when you, the first play of the game, you, you uh, massive run fit problems and everything like that. And really from an, from an offensive standpoint, um, really not much good. I mean, JC Treader was fine as, as in pass protection, um, you know, he graded out of the seven seven point five. Um Pharaoh Brown and his five pass protection snaps was a seventy-two point six. Um Greg Robinson actually didn't get killed in the run game, but really it was it was pretty much mostly bad. Jarvis Landry graded up fine. Um and you know, Joel Batonio and JC Treader were, were fine, but they weren't good. So it was I mean, there's really not. Much. I mean, the the final score and what it looked like, there there really weren't really shining moments in that game. Um, you know, Baker's now had he had a really good throw to Ricky Seals Jones on that first drive that basically was just um, two inches from being completed. Other than that, like things just did not look good. Did nothing graded well offensively, defensively. It was it was just all bad. And that's the worst part about you know. Even like even the first half, I mean, it should have been, you could have gotten out of that at 14-10. And, you know, that's what good teams do. Um, so we're still not sure if you're there yet. Um, look, I, I, Antonio, think, I think good teams, okay. I think good teams, even even if that happens, like stuff happens, right? But good teams don't fall apart every, at the seams, just crumble all over the place like a like the co- like a you know the cookie monster eating his cookies it just it doesn't that doesn't happen to good teams where it just this unravels like that where so you you know and i think that's on a that's a coaching thing there that's that's purely a coaching thing when when things are going wrong 
and it just continues to snowball. And then it looked like they quit. It literally just looked like they quit. You know, I think you, and I, I, I know I interrupted you, but it just takes me back to like, uh, and obviously it's the Patriots and I, I'm comparing them to, but still like you, you, you look at what five years ago. And I think it was when everybody was saying that the, the, you know, Tom Brady was done for and all that stuff against the chiefs on Monday, it was Monday night. Yep. And, but the thing is, Bill, like you, you look at, he goes, I, I really actually kind of like the way they competed. Like we still got whipped, but like we still competed in that game. And, and really it didn't look like they competed yesterday. And that's the problem. You know, like if, if you're getting whipped, that's one thing, but like getting whipped and looking like you're not even competing out there. That's another. Yeah. And even the Callaway, look, the thing for me, look, number one, uh, Again, with the red zone, what are you doing? Odell, Jarvis, <laughs> feed the best players. Not Demetrius Harris, not Callaway, who just got back from suspension. But what is Antonio he playing got, 20 snaps for? And especially, and here's the thing that aggravated me and I'm going through with people today is, look, it's okay to be rusty and a drop pass. I get that. You can't replicate timing by not practicing. Not knowing where you're supposed to line up or not knowing what the assignment of the play is, that's not rust. It's not doing your job. I get it, but the ball hits you. You catch it. It's always on you. And guess what? In that area, when you're only 5'10", and you don't want to get your head clean clocked off, it's better to go low. That's where you should be expecting it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is better to go low. I mean, Baker didn't wasn't – he missed on the throw. Well, Kush was there. lap. <laughs> I mean, but it still hits him in the le- – I mean, it still hits him in the hands. The mm-hmm. thing is, like, I, I – I mean, like I was—I don't know, remember who I said this to, but I was totally expecting that that Callaway would have seen max of ten snaps in that game, and it would have been basically, you know, maybe third and long type situations where they needed to put four receivers out there, and he was a guy that like, all right, we're we're gonna slow, maybe put you in a package here or there, something like that, not basically starting and and playing all the snaps in the first half and then five like after that play they they benched him they didn't play him again which was the right move but still like like even on baker's first interception like that's on baker still like he shouldn't be forcing that into that that coverage while he's getting hit but callaway ran the wrong route i don't know if anybody but he's looking at that but callaway cannot absolutely cannot let the defensive back cross his face you have to cross the defensive back's face face on a post he did some weird move at the top of the route so one of the reasons why baker didn't throw it in the right timing he still tried to throw it and it was you know obviously picked off baker shouldn't have thrown it at that point he should actually hit landry on the quick slant that he had open but still callaway ran the wrong route so not only was it the that dropped pass there in the red zone it was wrong route line, lining up wrong all sorts of crap and i don't i don't understand and then apparently i heard today i, I think on on Cleveland Browns daily that he was being uh you know he he was being asked to run a different role like a new position for him it's like what like what he can't handle the job he's got <laughs> right like what i mean you, you you people they talked about how he was going to return some punts or something like that like that's even like like that's a bad idea for him like just like slowly get him acclimated back into the offense we saw what happened last year with Antonio Callaway when he was asked to do too much too soon, it was a disaster. They dialed his snaps back in the second half of the season when Freddie, who now I'm just assuming it was actually Ken Zampezi and, and 
that would you know was running the show based on what we've seen through five weeks, and that's probably going to rile some people up and whatnot. But I don't care. It what it looks like now isn't what it looked like last year, and everybody talks about there's no identity and all sorts of stuff. That's true because it's essentially you look at the off season it's like it's the Cleveland Browns offense. It's like, well, are you going to be running West Coast offense? Are you going to be are you going to be building it off the wide, you know, the the stretch zone like the Kyle Shanahan with the play action? What is it? They don't know. They just don't know. And it, that's what it looks like out on the field. You look at the route packages they put out there. They're they're doing nothing to attack the intermediate area of the field. There was like no throws between one and nine yards last night. It's just, I mean, it's all a mess. And so, like when you have a head coach that doesn't know what he's doing, putting a guy out there that, like, you see, he he pretty much kind of ruined the game for them. Obviously, it's a microcosm of it, and it's just a small portion of it. That just shows you. It's just. I don't know. It's just they they need they have no clear direction basically. No, there's no direction um and the other thing is again, you know, they get they try to go for a couple of yolo balls early and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, well, let's get Nick involved." And then you start to get a little something, you know, humming with Nick and it's like, "Well, now it's a little late, guys. Um you, you kind of, you know, miss the opportunity so to speak." And it's it's frustrating. There's just no doubt about it. It just ends up being just like you said, I mean, it essentially ends up being a shit show, so to speak, because there's no rhyme or reason to anything they're doing. And it's then it's rushed or it's okay, well, let's try this. All right, well, that's not working. All right, well, let's try this, you know, find something. And I was hoping to see more of what we saw last week, at least where, you know, when you had Ricky Seals Jones on the field, the good thing about Ricky Seals Jones is nobody knows exactly what he's going to do coming out of the huddle. He can he can line up like a traditional tight end. He can line up like an H-back. You can put him as a big slot. He was a five-star wide receiver coming out of high school going to Texas A&M. But yet I, I turn around and we're throwing the ball to Demetrius Harris. Yeah. I, I don't I don't understand it. You also look at it too from like you saw it in the, the Rams game. They started using utilizing the play action RPO game. Had success with that. Went back to it in the Ravens game. Had success with it. And then they used it zero times last night. Like, where was that? Like, why? I mean, that started to become your identity. It's like, hey, we are going to run this RPO package game. Nope, none of it last night. So they don't, they just don't know what they're doing. Um, it's frustrating to see, obviously. And, um, you know, you know, can, can, you know, you put a Ricky Seals Jones, you know, put him out there and they don't, they don't, they don't utilize him properly, and they they put Demetrius Harris, who you know, give him targets and who can't catch the ball, and you let Darren Fells go, who had you know two touchdowns for the Houston Texans yesterday, and makes a million dollars less a year. Yeah, you know you. you had to get real football players in here, John. Got to get real football players in here. What was the uh, comparison I used yesterday or earlier today? I can't remember, but two players. Oh yeah. Jamie Collins. He's he has a top grade in, of linebackers in the NFL this year. Jason McCourty top graded cornerback this year so far, you know, but we got to get real football players in here. That's, that's the way it works. Uh, guys, we got to the offensive side of the ball here. Um, look, I left some names out because um, we've been killing some guys in some of these episodes here with John. So we'll, we'll let these guys, <clears throat> Eric Cush, um, have their you know day off, so to speak this week. He wasn't, yeah. the worst player. he wasn't worst player on that offense last night. That's for sure. Well, there you go. There you go. Second right last spot. Always nice right spots. I uh, have a new advertiser here for the podcast. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer. 
Yes, we, we do a lot of this, guys. Okay. But saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards <laughs> from 10 doesn't always work. Um, what I will tell you guys, there's, and John's a parent as well, there's, we've got 15 minutes. And then there's, hey, everybody's asleep. Or, hey, the kids are sleeping out tonight. So maybe you would like a little bit more time. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to longer lasting sucks. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They are effective, easy to use, and fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, and you can last longer without wearing. The super easy to use, just take swipes out of the package, swipe it on, let it dry, and you are good to go. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, all caps. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, all caps. For $10 off and free two-day shipping, remember the promo code LockedOnNFL, and we appreciate them for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. I do love when I introduce these new ones, and John's not ready for them because Best. I just get a nice chuckle over there. Best sponsor uh, yet. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I got to be honest. Um, Blue Chew, I don't necessarily need so much. This one, you know, what the heck? Um, <laughs> man, I'm going to give us a shot here. Um, John, Brown's defense. Uh, I mean, you know, look, I, you know, uh, the 49ers running game was essentially running through this Browns defense, you know, like a whore runs through church. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was just bad. I mean, it started, I mean, the first snap and, I don't know what exactly was going on. I mean, there was nobody outside of Miles Garrett. He comes in he on George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, no. I, I mean, look, and we know, look, Miles is a fantastic player. Look, he's never going to be that stud who doubles up as well in the run game as he does in the pass rush. But he he jumps in. Now you got Josic essentially leading the hole. Brita was literally shot out of a freaking cannon. And all you know, it was like, all right, well, we kind of think we like our run D, and then from right there, it was like, uh, uh, we're we're in some serious trouble here, guys, with this run game. And then Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, here's a guy on Tuesday. If you talk to anybody San Francisco 49er wise, uh, well, you're lucky if you see him maybe by Halloween. All of a sudden, now here he's in the game, goes for damn near 100 yards, fourth and inches. Tevin Coleman, and it was funny because I think Booger Booger McFarland referred to him as a bruising back. No one has yeah. ever called Tevin Coleman a bruising back in his life. But on fourth and inches, he's plowing through the center of you for uh, for nine yards. I can't believe anybody on that defense, John, even had close to a respectable grade yesterday. So first play of the game, you saw Demarius Randall. Um, Lollygag. You know, oh, yeah. Over, you know, not filling that, you know, the contain second, you know, uh, and obviously chasing down Breda, uh, trying to at least. And uh, he had the sixth highest run defense grade. So that should tell you how bad it was. Um, that almost looked like the Earl Thomas. The Earl Thomas, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next series. Yeah. Um, it was um, all bad. Um, Randall was 
actually the highest graded player on defense. He had a couple because, plays on Kittle, a couple nice plays on Kittle. He had a couple he had a a, a nice uh pass uh, you know, a couple pass breakups. He's he is the one that uh he did give a bust in coverage too. So he had two pass breakups, but he also busted the coverage on the on the touchdown to Kittle. Oh wait a minute! You told people told me yesterday Joe 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 Schobert got beat like a drum when he's standing at the five and Kittle's ten yards behind him. Um, yeah, no, there was supposed um, to be a safety there, guys. Cover four. Um, yes. Look up what cover four is, people. So when you have cover four, you're tip- typically having that backside safety that's keying up number three vertical, and that's what Kittle did. And so that was what his responsibility was instead of covering the no-name tight end that I can't even think of that was on the other side of the field that was also being covered by the cornerback that was over there. So um, you that is – I mean, that's a classic cover four look that they did, and Randall busted it. Um, you know, another – you know, when, when guys like Tony Jefferson and Richard Sherman trash on PFF for not knowing what coverages are, um, but then we have video evidence that we could potentially show them – um that they are actually getting beat that is in man or in zone um and what the your zones that you're responsible for that's what we do i mean we look at the stuff 80 hours a week every single day and i'm not you know what i mean every single week 80 hours a week so uh we do know what we're looking at when you bust on a certain coverage we very well know, usually know what is going on there um so but on a from a uh, you know that's going off on a tangent, but you know, Mac Wilson was not good, even though it wasn't Joe Schobert's responsibility on that, that touchdown, he was still not good in this game. Um, so the, you know, and this thing is like, Schobert's not a great run defender. He's better in coverage, even though he was bad in coverage yesterday um, against teams like the Ravens and the 49ers, he's never going to be that good. Um, oh, and God, I think, no. you know, he's, he's more of a, like he is a leader of that defense, but, he's probably better as a, as a weak side linebacker where he's, he can be utilized more in the coverage game and let some other run thumper be that middle linebacker um, that can, can, you know, take on the blocks. He's not a great guy to take on those blocks. He's better in space and whatnot. So um, I think somebody saw it and said it on Twitter today. And I agree with that. And and I'll go with it. Um, I believe it's at Azuma films and I know you listen to the show. And you've heard me and Pete literally say the ideal scenario would be for Sione Taki Taki to take over those early down middle linebacker duties when you're expecting the run. And then you trot him off the field and you leave Mac and Joe out there. So it's not I mean, like you don't know we haven't said I, this. I like Taki Taki as a coverage linebacker too, though. Like once Taki Taki kind of. He's got to get his feet. He's got to get his he's, feet wet somewhere, though. Well, he's got to He's got to get it. He's got to get it mentally he, i mean he's probably not there mentally yet but like like matt mac wilson there's a reason why he was a fifth round pick i know a lot of people love him and stuff like that and he had that fantastic preseason game but like preseason means literally nothing at all in terms of how you are going to do in the nfl it it we've done we we grade all that stuff in preseason we've done all the studies and stuff there's zero correlation um but there is correlation from college to the nfl Mac Wilson was not a good college player. He wasn't, he was average. He was, but when you're average on Alabama, you know, like you should be a star there. And if you're not, there's a reason. And, and there's the a other reason thing why is, he went in the fifth. So, and when's the last time a linebacker from Alabama <laughs> ever had to take on an offensive lineman as far as blocking? No, right. they didn't because you're it clean, just, you're running around free. Yeah. 
But um, who, who's the who's the Bama linebacker that came out a couple of years ago that I'm blanking on? That was a stud. It's a stud in the NFL right now. Oh God. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember his name. He's a, He's a stud. Did he go What's, high? Yeah, he went high. Oh. Um, uh, was it C.J. Mosley? No. no, 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 no. He's he's just okay. Um, he was just. I mean, he was drafted. He was like it was like two years ago. It was a year before Roquan Smith was drafted. Um, gosh, this is gonna kill me. I don't know. I can't remember. Right, but you start. Work. You start looking that up, John, and we'll go yeah. with this one. Let everybody know how impressive Nick Bosa's night was last night. So he had the t- the Browns best. fans. I'm going to give you this cookie for the Ohio State guys and all of you. Go ahead. Uh, Nick Bosa had the best single game grade we've ever seen from an edge defender from a, uh, in our era since we've been doing grading since 2006. Best yeah. single game from a rookie ever. He was like Lawrence Taylor last night. He was incredible. And uh, I know that Pete and I like got into it a bunch. Ruben Foster. That's who it is. No, not Ruben Foster. No, he's a no, no, no. Anyways. I know that Pete and I like to get into it a lot about, um, you know, we got into it about Nick Bosa and we went back and forth and whatnot. And, you know, Ed Oliver is, has been better than I've expected. He's still not great yet. But Nick Bosa, like, was grading out at a Joey Bosa type level. And just because of that's why we do what we do. We're charting all these pressures because typically when you have a lot of pressures and a lot of hits, you're going to get um, really good grades. Um, and and you're going to get your, those sacks will come. And so then he's, he got them last night. You saw it. He wrecked the game. He wrecked the game. When you can have a guy like that wreck the game. I mean, it goes a long, long ways. And he was a stud. Oh, no. I mean, look, you know, I mean, as you know, Greg Robinson, and this brought back in everybody because there was some talk. Well, maybe we don't necessarily need to go with, you know, Greg Robinson's okay. No, this is what you're going to do because what you're paying Greg Robinson right now is what you're going to be paying a rookie first-round pick. Go get the new guy. Go get the young blood, and hopefully he develops to not just in a good left tackle. He develops into a great left tackle. It's, you know, if you saw one thing last night, it confirmed every thought process you would have about the fact that um, left tackle is a huge and probably dire need on this team. John, um, among the many things Richard Sherman did today is he was upset with his PFF grade. Um, guys, I, this was obvious last night in the limited coverage you got when you, you get some one-on-ones. Um, he was getting put into a freaking blender, and just because Baker Mayfield was nuclear loose last night it doesn't mean because Baker threw the ball over somebody's head or at somebody's feet, your grade is better. If you got beat, you got beat. You don't get a better grade because the quarterback threw the ball over somebody's head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you, when we, we grade every single play, we look at it from the all 22. Um, if, if a receiver drops a ball and you're the, you're the primary coverage defender, you're not getting credit for his drop unless you're actually forcing the incompletion. Then you're going to get credit. Like, for Terrence, it. Mitchell, like, like Terrence Mitchell with um, Debo Samuel. Uh, Remember he punched it out? Yep, he punched he it out. He forced the incompletion. Exactly. He forced it out. That was 
you know, that's a past breakup. But if if OBJ who dropped a screen pass on like second second play of the game or something like that, you know, you you're not getting credit for OBJ dropping the pass when you're sitting there five yards away from him. Yep. Or when 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 Baker you know missed on a on a deep out and you've been roasted and you're five yards away from him on a twenty yard out, you're gonna get downgraded for that just because OBJ didn't catch the ball. It did hit him in the hands. I, you know, Baker missed on it high. You're not getting credit for it. You're getting down. You don't get graded up. You don't get graded on the curve because the offensive players didn't do what needed to be done. Right. Exactly. He got credit for the force out on on Ricky Seals Jones because he forced him out. If he's not there, that's getting caught. But he, because he was there and he actually you know contested the catch and and made it so that it was an incomplete pass, he got credit for that. But those drops, those misses that you know players had against him when he was the primary coverage defender he does not get the benefit of the doubt of oh maybe he could have gotten there and broken it up not when you're five yards away you can't um then there was other times where he i mean like every single one of his catches he gave up went for a first down so you're getting downgraded on every single one of those catches that you've given up so you know and unless there was some miscommunication or bust in coverage that it's not actually your fault you know that's what we account for and it's and look, Sherman Sherman has, has graded in our system extremely well, you know, for pretty much most of his career because he's a legit. He's been legitimately an elite cornerback oh. in the NFL. We're talking about a guy who may end up in the, in the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt he's about that. Go, probably going to be a first ballot hall, hall of Famer, probably. And we've our grades have loved him. And I'm he, you know Tony Jefferson got into it, and like our grades have also liked Tony Jefferson, and our grades have liked Chris Harris Jr. who who also kind of got into that beef too. So like we, we, and we know what a, you know, when it is a, uh, you know, cover three or cover one or, you know, where you're supposed to be in those types of coverages and how you're supposed to match up against certain route concepts and everything. And, you know, he deleted them. He actually deleted the tweets. If, if anybody wants to go look at his Twitter, he's not, you're not going to find them anymore. So, yeah. So he deleted those after he deleted the Baker tweets. Uh, it seemed uh, Richard Sherman may be starting to put his name out there to draw the attention for whatever's going to be the next facet of Richard Sherman's life. And if that, and, and look, I mean, I don't, I feel bad having to even talk ill of Richard Sherman. I like him. I, I respect the man that he is. I respect the intelligence that he has, but like it, what, the, the stuff he did today with Baker and then you get proven wrong. And you know, and we, you know what, we all should have freaking known better when Mike Silver was the one penning the words we probably should have known better in that respect, but you know, Richard Sherman's a likable dude, and you know, and I still go back to that. That's what you get for putting the sorry ass wide receiver like Michael Crabtree. Like I go, like I like Richard Sherman, but it's like, well, dude, what are you doing? You don't have to do this. You're Richard Sherman, right? He doesn't need to do that stuff anymore. I get it. Like Richard Sherman, like he he is a talker, and you know what? If you wanted to feel slighted by Baker because of what he did this off season, all for it. There's just no. There, I mean, obviously he. The video evidence shows that he shook his hand, whether, you know, and he also, show, it showed that, like, he basically didn't, he looked at him and was, or basically didn't even look at him. But, like, listen, I mean, he, was he a, first thing first, a, that whole thing was, that was a mind game. Richard Sherman is a smart, intelligent, crafty yes. veteran. He was trying to get into Baker's head. Why he twisted it the other way, he could have just said, hey, he's young. I never played him before. I wanted him, you know, I wanted to play a game on him. 
That's yeah, all I gotta and, say, and everyone would have been like, Rob, damn it. Yep, yeah, he did. And also, nobody's nobody cares. Like, nobody at all is looking at pregame handshakes. Nobody is. I can't unless, believe people unless there's like an the obvious, like, like, and there's that's things. Like, if there's obvious video, like, like when Baker was slighted against Kansas, my, my Kansas Jayhawks, who are idiots for doing this. Yeah, um, if you get a chance to like, shake a hand of a Hall of Famer, you gotta take it. <laughs> right, exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, whatever. Like he had, he, you know, the whole, you know, what Mike Silver said too off afterwards, and we're we're going off on tangents here, but like what he said afterwards about uh, how the entire 49ers team didn't like how he sprinted away from it or whatever. Fine, like if you want to make slights of, if you want to get slighted because of how he acted after the coin toss happened, or how he acted this off season, or you know how the whole entire Browns approach. And by the way, I, I like. Like I look back at like what the Browns have done this off season, and I I go, you know they sh- they did talk a lot. They did they say, oh we're gonna we're gonna run rough shot over people? No, but like when you say when you pen like what you know I said about talked about Miles Garrett penning that Players Tribune article and stuff like that. Like I took when I read it first time a month ago, I took it as hmm maybe you should play some games and win some games before writing a we shouldn't be, we shouldn't even be here type type thing. You know, and that seems to be like the attitude they took this offseason. And it's kind of showing in, in, in the results where it just doesn't look like a, a like a, a an NFL product out there. It doesn't look like a professional product out there and all this stuff. So, like, I get, like, if he wanted to be slighted because there's so much hype for the Browns and they got they got amped up for that because of that for this game, you know, that's fine. That's You, you use bulletin board material to get you amped up for games. But making something up is a different story. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was bizarre. And I mean, Richard Sherman, he's a brand. He's a, a great player. It doesn't need to happen. Fan, I mean, un, first ballot Hall of Famer. No he's a fantastic it. player. Uh, By the seats. way, I have no idea who this linebacker is. I, I must have just made something up in my mind. Yeah. There's okay. no Alabama linebacker. <laughs> that was the stud. It's good. We're going to, the funniest thing is who, who this linebacker is going to turn out to be one day. Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app. Help you get to your favorite event, whether it's a game, whether it's a musical, whether it's a concert. Enter the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, Vivid Seats, use the app, whatever event you're looking for, $100 when you use KICKOFF with the Vivid Seats app. John, we got Seattle this week, and, you know, I don't want to – look, yes – the Niners are coming off a bye. That helped them. Yes, Seattle played a Thursday night game. They got a nice long rest. They're coming in. Seattle, what's working right now, John? What's not working so well? So did you watch the Thursday night game? Uh, Russell Wilson's you... arm is working right now. Um, yeah, I mean, look, look, I mean, as much as everybody wants to say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And this is no disrespect to the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees's because, look, there's going to be this next five, six years. Look, Tom Brady, it's not going to go on forever. Drew Brees is not going to go on forever. It's going to be Russell Wilson and a bunch of kids. We'll see who those kids are going to turn out to be. Russell Wilson is so freaking spe- – I can't believe people actually let him play baseball at a time. That's how good he is at a quarterback. And that touchdown pass that he threw – to lock it and like it's impossible it's like trying to like you vision like the old throwing the ball through tires and it's like 12 tires 
15 yards off the ground. The last tire is about nine yards off the ground. I mean, it's amazing what he can do. The most curious thing for me, though, is how Seattle says, hey, let's try to run the ball 30 times a game to take the ball out of maybe the best quarterback in the NFL's hands. 40, 40 times a game. Don't, don't, I'm sorry, don't let's not slide it. <laughs> Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, when you want to get into a Chris Carson, Rashard Penny, let's see who's better battle. By all means, just waste waste Russell Wilson away. Right, no kidding. Uh, so R- Russell Wilson's gradients are number one quarterback in the NFL this year, ninety point seven. Um, his passer rating is obviously the best in the NFL at one twenty six point three. Um, he has twelve touchdowns, no interceptions, um, oh, God. and he's Zero. basically oh, not. God. He's just not throwing the ball into harm's way. He. Um, his arm talent, like you described, is is impeccable. And when you, I mean, he throws the ball with such ease. And like, and like everybody, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is the darling of the NFL last year. But like Russell Wilson has like basically, basically the, the same amount of arm talent. Maybe can't throw it quite as far, but like he can throw it from any platform. He can throw it, and he can make every single throw in the book. And like he has probably the prettiest deep ball. Like last year, we you know. Our big time throws are our highest graded throws. Um, you know, think of Baker's throw to Jarvis Landry last year and in the double coverage that was against the Panthers. That's a big time throw, right? Yep. So, like Russell Wilson had the, the the highest percentage of big time throws in the NFL last year. He just didn't have the most because they don't let him throw it enough. Um, and that's what he can do. So when he drops back to pass, like he just doesn't put up clunkers anymore. He, he used to throw, you know, have like a clunker here and there. And he used to take a lot of sacks needlessly. He still does t- take some sacks that more than you'd like. Um, and he does bail from clean pockets and pass open, open reads, but like he has that athleticism to, to scramble around and make things happen. And, and he can also run it. Like he's, he's this, that good. And so when he's on, when he's on, like he's on, and you saw it on on display Thursday night, where he you pretty much could not miss. He missed on two throws, I think, in that game. He had an underthrow to a, a deep curl, and he had a, an overthrow to a back shoulder in the end zone. That was about it. And he's just he's on a different level right now. And he, and he's not like he's head and shoulders grading better than like Carson Wentz is our number two, Mahomes is our number three, but he's just that. I mean, he's that good. He's so good. And that's what's working for them. And they also have – they complement it with a running game that's eh, okay. Like, Chris Carson's a good player, but the offensive line is not great. They do just enough for the running game. Yeah. And now defensively? Yeah, so defensively, is that they're an interesting team. So, obviously, like, they have this reputation of being – you know, the the, they no longer have the Legion of Boom. Basically, everybody that from that – is gone. They still have Bobby Wagner, who's one of the best defensive yeah. players Earl in the Th- NFL. Earl Thomas is out, you know, destroying right. like, quarterbacks' lives. Right. Just they're man, I'm kidding, right? So like, um, but they don't. Their defense is not as good as it used to be. It just isn't. Jadavion Clowney is obviously a good acquisition for them. But the thing is, like, he he's got he's overhyped. I'd say from from a standpoint of what he can actually do, he's more of a run defender than a pass rusher. He's not going to be a game wrecker. Um, like, like we saw from Nick Bosa this past, you know, last night, he, he gets, it seems like he gets gassed too quickly. Like he's he, a guy that needs like two, three plays on two plays off. 
he's just never been a, he's not a technician he's got obviously the great athleticism athleticism but he's not a guy that's going to like consistently pressure the quarterback um and beat beat the offensive tackle to to put pressure on the quarterback so he's he's a good player i'm not don't get me wrong but he's way way overhyped i'd say in terms of what people think he is um but he's still a good player and so the really, you know, Sha- you know, Shaq Griffin's playing really well for them. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, because they do have two Griffins, um, the one with two hands, the cornerback. He's he's playing really well for them at the cornerback position, uh, grading well in coverage at a seventy nine point two. Um, but really, like they they haven't actually as a team been great as a, on, on defense there. So there's a lot to exploit. Obviously, Bobby Wagner is a guy that you have to account for everywhere he is. Um, what's interesting about him is that like previous two years combined he had like one or two missed tackles like for on two seasons you know averaging one a year insane this year he's already missed four uh i don't expect that to continue things kind of you know things happen where you know you miss tackles you miss tackles or whatever but he's not a guy that's going to be missing tackles so like um you know he he's he's and he's fantastic in coverage he's fantastic in run defense everything he does is, is great so um He's a guy that probably you you need to be aware of at all times, um, but they have an exploitable secondary. Uh, you know, they, the Tedrick Thompson is grading as one of the worst safeties in the NFL, so they're they're exploitable, um, but the they're not as good as they used to be. And I think this is a team that the Browns should be able to get back on track with, um, and we'll see we'll see what happens. Well, and a lot of that is going to come down to you know getting this offense to some sort of cohesion, which absolutely needs to happen. Um, if Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams can get right, this is the week. Cause I, I think Denzel Ward and Lockett is a matchup. I prefer over Mitchell or carry by any means, by any and all means. Um, I, I Greedy, like Mitchell on DK Metcalf. Well, the physical the other, nature, the physical the only thing I was going to go with there though, is, is, is Greedy has the history. Greedy's played DK. He's got a little True. bit more to it. True. Um, but look, we're at the point now. Look, if at least one of the two can come back, it'd be nice. Right. Um, because you're getting to the point now where you can game plan against Mitchell and Carrie. Like it was a nice, like it worked a little bit. And obviously the Baltimore matchup it was good because they're probably they're more physical, they're better tacklers. Well, remember how remember how I was talking about last week where like oh this you, you know you you led with the question about how the defense played great and I was like uh hold off a little bit there there was a lot of luck there was a lot of luck that was involved and I think like they that you kind of saw it where it's like Kyle Shanahan is a genius offensive schemer and he exploited every single weakness the Browns had and yep. magnified it so you know that's why we do our grading because there are weaknesses and there it shows like you know, Brown's got lucky for dropped passes from Hollywood Brown, uh, Chris Moore stepping out of bounds, stuff like that. And the, the the 49ers, on the other hand, they didn't miss. They have those miscues. They exploited every weakness and they did it executing extremely well. So and using Goodwin, just obviously, you know, not necessarily using him vertically, but using him horizontally in motion where you had, you know, these guys were not nearly as like, all right, well, what's going on? And the fastest player in their offense is all over the place essentially in a box which creates a panic for everybody right and and so like you we the browns need greedy and denzel back because a they have the speed and they also have the talent so like when you and you can 
play man-to-man coverage with those guys. You can't do that on a consistent basis with the other guys they have. So you can, if you can get those guys back, you can get uh, you know greedy on DK and Denzel on on Lockett and man them up and get physical with them. They can they can mitigate what um, you know what the the Seahawks can do offensively. Will Disley has been a great tight end. Everybody knows about if anybody has him in fantasy knows how great he's been this year. Um, so, and if you can do that, you can allow those linebackers to really focus in on, on, on defending the run, um, instead of getting into their zones, which they're not good at doing. They bite on that play action and they don't get back very well. Uh, we saw that a number of times last night. So, um, yeah, basically get those guys healthy and back and this defense can look a lot better. Yeah, there's, uh, look, I mean, so we got to a bunch here with you guys today. Uh, we got to the dreadful performance of the offense. Um, we got to how great Nick Bosa was for all the Ohio State listeners. Uh, the defense, <laughs> um, obviously the Richard Sherman stuff on and off the field. Um, some of the stuff the PFF has to deal with in the grading that they do. We got ourselves a little Seahawks preview here. Um, maybe, you know, if you guys like this, maybe this is a way we can continue to do the segments. Um, obviously next week will be a little bit different because, you know, we'll be heading into a bye when we talk with John after Seattle. Um, but appreciate everybody as always, you know, for, uh, you know, hanging out and putting up with us. Make sure you're following at John Costco three on Twitter. Um, obviously PFF underscore Browns. Make sure you're following over there. The show itself at locked on Browns, all lowercase me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, appreciate everybody being along for the ride. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.